Hey everyone, welcome to Indie Film Grit, a podcast about indie films and indie filmmakers. I am your host, Timothy Patrick, but you, you can call me Tim. In this episode, I'm joined by Jack Venturo. He's a talented indie filmmaker and a Jim Henson puppeteer. His new short film, The Repossession, is a psychological suspense drama and is now making its run at film festivals. We talk about how he made the film, crowdfunding, and what it's like to work for the Jim Henson Company. Let's get into it. And here we are with Jack Venturo. Jack, how are you, man? Thanks for being on the podcast. I'm fine and dandy. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, this is man. Awesome. How are you? How are you? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you about your new film, The Repossession. Uh, it's a 20 mi- yes. 29 minute short um, that uh, I got to watch. And thank you for sending me the screener. Um, yeah. But before we get into all that, can you have such a fascinating background? I was hoping you could share with us, um, you know, how you got into filmmaking and, and what got you to where you are now. Huh, let's see. My origin story. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I, I grew up, I, I was born in Peru and uh, just being a, a, a crazy kid, just playing outside all the time, just making stories up. And we would play war, you know, and shooting each other with fake guns. Mm-hmm. And we, when we, uh, I guess the way it started was like, if you get shot, like, boom, gotcha. Oh, and then you lay down and you die. You got to count like 10, you got to count to 10. Then you get up again, you're back in the game. You're like respawning, you know, before respawning was a thing. But mm-hmm. when we did that, you'd have to be a new person. So it's like you were Colonel John and then you got shot and then you were General Jack, you know? And so it's like every time you get shot and you come back to the game, you were like a new character, a new person. You have to like create a whole backstory and stuff, so that kind of like changed the game. That that that's how it was. That's basically like where the storytelling aspect came into play. And then uh, the the the, one of the like I think the first movie that I remember watching was The Dark Crystal uh, from the Jim Henson Company. Yeah. Uh, my my brothers would watch Star Wars, and they were all into Star Wars, and they were like, Star Wars isn't for you. This is for grown up kids. You know, you're 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 just five and six, so you get to watch Dark Crystal. And I watched that movie and I, I, I thought I had the only copy, you know, I, when I, I watched it so much on, on my, my, my VCR that I broke it and I was like crushed cause I thought I had the only copy, but that movie basically is everything that I like in life. Now it's puppetry, it's building, uh, sets and miniatures, it's filmmaking, storytelling, voices, uh, animation in, in, in any way, just painting, so I think that one was like the main thing that got me to to go that I have to do something like that, like either building or art or or acting or voices or, or directing or, or writing or something. Mm-hmm. And um, when I came, came to the States, that's, you know, st- just kind of started watching movies from there and it just blew up, you know. Yeah, now I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, the Dark Crystal. I. uh I have a, a tattoo based on Brian Froud's artwork. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, so I'm a I'm a big Let Jim Henson fan. Let me see Henson if I can guess fan. what it is. <laughs> is, it the great, is it the Great Conjunction? Uh, kind of. 
you know, uh, it, it's okay. basically what? the the circles and the and the um, you know the uh, the triangle in the center. It's 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 yeah, a lot. It's, nice. it's on the floors. It's on the. It's everywhere in that movie. You know what I yes. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a, so I'm a big fan. And actually, I had um, the director of uh, the making of the Dark Crystal on the podcast uh, a few months ago. So that's pretty. Oh, that's cool. awesome. And how amazing is it that it's back now and it's it's amazing because yeah. I was like you I thought it I thought it was a you know I didn't think anybody knew about that movie growing up and then all of a sudden it's huge again it was it was every five-year-old secret mm-hmm. you know like because you weren't because it's dark and you weren't you you that's not the stuff we were watching back then and then it just you were like I, I, I have to be the only person watching this and like I didn't I didn't talk about it till like years later. Like, and then now it's all over the place. Like everybody's like, Oh, I've been a fan my whole life. Like I cosplay and I do this. And it's like, it's amazing. It's like a whole subculture of people that have found each other mm-hmm. because of Netflix. <laughs> yeah. We must've shifted into a, a dimension where, uh, this is all possible, but, um, yeah. yeah, puppetry. I'm also a huge fan of puppetry. Jim Henson is one of my, it's probably my top hero in my life. Um, and it's so awesome that you are a Jim Henson uh, puppeteer. Can you talk about that a little? Yeah, man. That was that was some that was a whole other mess that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 2015, I think it was that um, we had there was a, a post on on Facebook, and it was like they're looking for new puppeteers. You know. Uh, uh, just a, they're starting a diversity workshop, so anybody can come in and audition. I sent in an audition tape, and I just basically put on the the puppets that that I made, and just did a little video and sent it in. Got invited to audition. I was like, man, as long as I just walk into this place, just I, I just want to walk into the gates of Jim Henson Studio, like and just see that's that'd be good enough for me if it ends there. And it didn't end there. They called back for more and called back for more, and I got into the workshop, and it was like the most awesome like eight weeks of just training on improv and puppetry and all of the techniques that, that they do. And, you know, made a lot of friends and a lot of contacts and a lot of people there. And then, um, just kind of, we're just kind of soldiers prepping for, for war. Like we were trained and ready for the projects. And, you know, then they, whenever there's a project, they call you over, you get the gig, you go back home and you wait for more. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. I used to live, um, like a block or two away from uh, the the studio on on uh, La Brea, La Brea. And yeah, I've always wanted to go in and check it out, like on a tour or something. But they keep it they keep it pretty tight. Gotta go. We gotta go. Hey, if you want to take me, I will. I'll be there in a heartbeat, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, that, that place is is uh, is all magic from all over the place. Cause you, first of all, it's the, the, the originally Charlie Chaplin studio, Charlie Chaplin built it. Mm-hmm. And you, so you have that where, and then you have the, the whole Muppet and, and puppetry thing. So, uh, there's actually like a place by the, by the recording studio that Charlie Chaplin's footprints are still on the ground where he walked when they were constructing it. And then he signed his name on it. And then the, the vault where he kept, all his movies, all his films, uh, the nitrate films is still there. And the door is still there. It's a broom closet now, but the vault <laughs> door, the original door is still there. Wow. And yeah, there's just so many little, 
like you, you, you're standing there on break and you look up and there's like the, one of the, the devils from the storyteller TV show is just hanging by a, by a, by a little firebox in the corner. Like there's stuff everywhere, just <laughs> hidden everywhere. That's awesome. Yeah. And I like that, uh, when, uh, it became Jim Henson's, they still embrace the past. They, they have a giant statue of Kermit dressed as, uh, the tramp on top of the yeah. building. It, yeah. It's just so yeah. cool. Um, but man, uh, you learned puppetry from the best, huh? I mean, you were already doing it, but here you are. Uh, yeah. T- talk about that a little. I, so I, you know, part of the whole the, the movie love was, uh, and puppetry and everything. So when I was a freshman in high school, I I, I got a, a, a little peeper's, a peeper's eyes, uh, which is basically like the little thing that you put on your middle finger and then you make a puppet out of it as a gift. And I started making a, a puppet out of that. I just take it to school and just making a puppet. And then I built a puppet out of it. And then people were like, Oh, where'd you get that? And then I was like, Oh, I made them out of electricity for revenge to kill people. Ha ha ha. You know, just as a joke. And then people were like, hey, you should make a movie out of that. And then I did. And that was like my first little movie that I made when I was like 15. And <laughs> like all, all of my movies, by the way, are all on YouTube. Like even the, the crappy ones from back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love them all. So that those are the puppets that I actually used to audition for for the the, the Hensons. Uh, and and the puppetry, there's so many different uh, uh, styles of it because, like, you know, the floppy heads and the the funny, and then the jaw only moving, and the the kind of like flicking water that they do, where it kind of see you actually see that the voice is coming out of the puppet's throat instead of just flapping up and down, like there's a lot of, uh, camera work too. Like when you're, cause when you're puppeteering, you have the, your hand above your head, you're most of the time looking down to a monitor on the floor. Mm-hmm. And so the opposite image, the image of that you're actually watching is opposite from what's actually going on. So seeing that, you know, and right is left and left is right. So there was a lot of all that technique to go on with their, um, specific style of, of puppetry to kind of add to what you already had going on. So there was a lot of, of, that, of that stuff and a lot of practicing going on. Oh yeah. That sounds like heaven. Um, yeah. Like Jim Henson pretty much invented that system of looking at a monitor. And I also love the fact that the, the, uh, the Muppet eyes are specially calibrated. So they, to the television audience, it looks like they're looking right at them. Right. Yeah. I kind of butchered that, but isn't that uh, sort of the idea? Yeah, so there's a, there's like a special triangle, mm. you know what I mean, and like if like if you look at Kermit's eyes, for example, they're like they're not straight on, they're drooping and like side to side, like on an arch, mm-hmm. which is weird. But like it goes right to a triangle on the tip of his mouth, mm. and so that little triangle, that little triangle is kind of like the 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 triangle that we have from nose to eyes. Though they could, you could put eyeballs wherever you want because they even have some 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 puppets that have uh, one eyeballs looking the other way and the other one's looking right at you. As long as you pick one, and it's always just pointing that middle finger that 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 puppet right to the camera. Mm-hmm. It's it's wild, man. Because you know when when you take it off and you put it on the rack, it just looks like this dead animal, this dead stuffed bear, mm-hmm. you know whatever it is. And a, and a lot of times, like that's why they don't like actually like to photograph puppets that aren't put onto an arm because they look like crap. They look like dead. Mm-hmm. And as soon as a 
puppeteer puts it on and it just becomes alive. And it's, it's really, it's really crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. I'm just living vicariously through you at this point. This is, <laughs> this is good <laughs> stuff. Um, so yeah, you, you, you came from another country, ended up working for Jim Henson. Uh, I actually met you at designer con in sort of the, under the toy world umbrella. And, you know, when I was at your booth, I was really impressed by your um, Dark Crystal uh, work. And that's where where you told me that you made a fan film. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, now so it's I, part I, so of canon, year, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, tell I mean, us about like fantasy, that. Fantasy canon. Fantasy canon. Right. So they... Uh, the the puppets that I made for that film were at the booth that year, I think, for two years I, I brought them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they the Jim Henson Company had a they had a competition a, a writer competition and and they they got that done and they they picked an author and that guy now does like novels and stuff and then they had a uh, a character competition. And one of the characters gets to be in the next Dark Crystal. And then they had a fan film competition. And that one, it was like you, – you, it was a five-minute five minute or, short, or, or shorter than that. And it could be you know, any characters from the movie and do whatever you want. And it was like I, I have to do this. And I decided to do it a little late. I only had like 30 days. And oh, wow. I was like I have to do it. There's just, I have to do it. So I built the uh, Skeksis head and I built uh, two other characters and I kind of wrote it so that it's like a deleted scene, quote unquote, that it exists within the movie. Mm-hmm. And so if you watch in the original Dark Crystal, you pause it at a, a point and then you watch my five minute and then you go back to it. Hmm. Um, and yeah, we, I went I went hiking. And my, my wife actually uh, recorded everything for me with the camera while I was puppeteering. I voiced it. I did the whole thing, edited it, submitted it, and then... I think out of like 25 movies that were there, they picked five runner-ups, no, two runner-up, five top, and one one winning film. And I was the second uh, from the five, you know, number two of the five that, that uh, were the, uh, the the winning films. Wow. And then they uploaded them all to YouTube on the YouTube channel. And then when – so the part of it was that, that we were invited to go to the lot and then – uh, watch all the winning movies, and then we had you know hors d'oeuvres and drinks, and we got to hang out with Lisa Henson and Brian Henson, and and just all the, the the producers and everybody, and it was just like another magical time of just fan appreciation. This company loves their fans, they they admire their fans, and they know it. You know they have events for Farscape, and they have events for Labyrinth, and they they do all kinds of stuff. And when we were watching the movie. Uh, all the movies, Brian uh, kind of turned around and he goes, hey, you guys know all these movies, they're all canon. <laughs> I, I'm saying that right now. It's all canon. And we were like, yeah. It's just like a little joke, which is which is fun. But but if you watch them you kind and if you kind of like, you know, fit them in, you're like, yeah, because some of them are prequels to the movies. Some of them are sequels. Some of them are like fantasy, like, you know, other dimension movies and, and cross-dimensional cross, uh, movies. But – all of the movies are on on uh, the Jim Henson YouTube channel, and then uh, and mine I, I uh, is is also there, but I also put it on my YouTube channel as well. Um, but yeah, that was a fun time. That was a whole other exercise of, of filmmaking as well, because you know using an existing character and also adding characters to it, and you know existing content too. So that was really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well done. I I, I watched it. Um, 
your Sketsky uh, looked great. And um, now, now, was this before or after you did um, the puppetry training? That was after. That was so the puppetry training was in 2015. This was in 2016. Hmm. And I actually asked, I'm like, hey, can I submit to this? Like, is it okay? And they're like, you haven't been employed yet. You haven't been called in yet. So, yeah, go for it. I'm like, hell yeah. Oh, so. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then I was I went into the into the the lot, and they were like, "Isn't this great?" And I'm like, "I've been here before." Er. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, "That's my chair." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we went to the creature shop too, which I, I I'd never been to the creature shop before that. Oh yeah, and the creature shop is in, in Burbank, which is a whole other thing. It's a hidden little treasure that nobody ever ever really gets to go to, and that was insane magical, like. Totally, because all they have the original Chamberlain there. They have the original uh, Dark Crystal Wall, uh, the Prophets there. They have original everything, dinosaurs, uh, you know, Flintstones, just everything they've ever done is there. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. What about the Ninja Turtles? They have the Ninja Turtle heads. Wow. Yeah, I think they. I, I, I think there's, there's a wall. I don't know if they took it down now, but there's a wall that there's just mechanical heads with no skin so they just look like eyeballs and teeth mm -hmm. and i think one of them is the ninja, ninja turtle and the other ones are from dinosaur awesome man. And, th and that that show the some of the people that worked on that show uh alan troutman he's a puppeteer who worked on that show he's uh amazing beautiful soul and he's actually uh he was i work with him on the new show earth to ned which is going to be on disney plus soon and they they use the same kind of uh, puppetry for that as they did on dinosaur like the same you know the the mechanics of the heads and mm -hmm. and, and uh, the wires and servos and all that junk that i don't know about <laughs> that's cool yeah it's really really entertaining because then he you know we're sitting on break and he's telling us all these stories about the show and how they used to do stuff and it's like how technology has advanced so much but they're still doing the same kind of puppetry now which is awesome i don't know when earth is going to come out but we, we we did that last year they're editing it now, and it's supposed to be sometime after today. Don't know when. Hmm. And are you allowed to talk about what it's about? That is a it's a it's about an alien who is here to. This is what I saw on on posted on Instagram from web from news sites. It's an alien who came to invade, but fell in love with our pop culture and decided to host a TV show under the earth's core. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a sidekick and some monsters in the ship. And it's all puppets or puppets and people. It's, it's all puppets and the guests are celebrities. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, it is wild. Yeah. It is really cool. Like Ned, the puppet Ned, he's like, Oh man, there's, it took uh, six people to operate Ned. That's a whole other, that's how huge that thing is. Wow. That's the main alien, yeah. We should talk about your film. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Repossession, um, as yeah. I said, 29 minute short drama. Now this is your fifth film or sixth film? How, how many are you deep now? This is the eighth. Hmm. The eighth. Yeah, if you count all the fun stuff and all the all the crazy stuff and the fan film and everything, that's the eighth. That's awesome. Uh, so there's like 
I did my, my, my puppet stuff in high school and I did, you know, the one with my friends that, and then, uh, I did all those, my friends, then I moved from Florida to here and did it. I did another one with people from work and then I did, uh, the, the, um, the, uh, the Henson one before, uh, in the, uh, dark crystal one in 2010, I did a movie called the death of tempo. And that was like the, the, my, my big one, my, my, it was a short, but it was like, you know, good equipment, hiring actors, getting sets, uh, doing the whole thing to send to film festivals. That one won some awards at film festivals. And then I kind of took a break from filmmaking and then I came back with the, the dark crystal fan film and then the repossession, which is my now second, uh, into it. Like, you know, we, we, um, raised the money on Indiegogo in March of 2019. We filmed it. I mean, cast it in April, May, filmed it August, edited and finished it in October. And I'm sending it to film festivals now. Mm-hmm. And if all swell by October of 2020, uh, this October, uh, that will be on Amazon prime along with the death of tempo. So everything will be, uh, as planned. <laughs> Very cool. Now, I got to say, yeah. one thing that uh, sticks out, uh, gets my attention uh, with the repossession is the poster. It's, yeah. It's got this old school vibe to it. Uh, can you tell us about that? So if you've ever been to Decon, you know about, you know who Das Frank is. Mm. And he's one of, he's he's my, my holy trinity of my favorite artists, one of my favorite artists. Um, and... Uh, He's he's a tattoo artist turned uh, paper artist turned sculptor turned he, the guy's amazing but he he'd do anything and he did one poster uh, for a, a show a couple months before where it was like it was like movie posters like funny fake movie posters and he made one like an action uh, movie for the Golden like if it was the Golden Girls mm. and I looked at it and I was like dude you're like the next Drew Struzan like you can make movie posters. And he's like, what? Stop it. You're too much. And like, no, seriously. Like, can you watch my movie? And if it inspires you, he's like, dude, are you kidding me? I was already working on your movie. Like, Oh my God. Like, so yeah, he did that poster. So I, 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 that's basically, that became the, the, the festival poster that became the, this year's like, that's, that's what I'm shopping around. That's the one. And, uh, it's got, uh, the, the two, the two main characters in there and, and it's all just, I was like astonished when I saw it. I'm like, oh my god, next Drew, new yeah. Drew. <laughs> it's funny because Drew was at Decon this last year. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, like, great if, poster. If Drew man. and that's Frank ever met, the whole universe is going to implode because there can only <laughs> yeah. be one. <laughs> yeah, I love that so, style. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, and and that's Frank. Like he, I actually work because I'm working on. I'm, I'm in development for my next movie too. And we're, we're going to be working so that he makes the poster for that, the official poster for that movie as well when it's all said and done. So, mm-hmm. And I think he's going to have these posters available for, at Decon this year, um, but cool. not sure exactly what version or what type. But he's going to have something for repossession at, at Decon. Nice. Yeah. Now, you mentioned uh, Indiegogo. Um, how was that process, raising the money to – um, was it stressful or I, I have done a Kickstarter and I almost pulled my hair out. Um, but yeah, it, it's like, uh, it's, 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 it's a gamble. 
You know, I don't like gambling. I go to Vegas to smoke cigars and eat all you can eat food and drink and have fun. But I don't gamble. I don't like to gamble because it's not for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, nothing's for sure, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and and th- for this, I studied Indiegogo and other campaigns for like eight months. Like I just I contributed to, to some short films. I contributed to 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 people that I knew, people that I didn't know. Uh, the ones that were working, ones that weren't working, just kind of followed them, seeing what their verbiage, their lingo, read blogs about it, just everything I could to to, to see. And I had it uh, for like for like four months. I was working on my campaign, just changing things and tweaking things. And um, I I launched it, and you have thirty days. And so every day I was emailing people and texting people and talking to people. And I got postcards made, and I walked up and down Santa Monica and Venice, handing out postcards and just hustled and hit the streets and just everything. And we actually, I, I actually over, overpassed what I wanted to, to I, I was only raising 10,000. I got like 11 something, oh, wow. uh, which was really, yeah, really, really cool and exciting. And, um, it was, you know, from people that I knew friends, family, and people that I, I've never met people that I didn't know. And that's, a, that's another part that's really cool and scary that it's like people like believe in you and will are willing to do that, you know, and like that was very uh, inspiring to do too, mm-hmm. but of course it's stress scary every day. Uh, I remember like one day, I think it was like the fourth day that Instagram and Facebook like were down. Like Instagram had like a glitch and like it was just down. Oh, and and I couldn't do anything, and I had zero donations that day. Every day I had a donation, either a dollar, five dollars, a hundred dollars, thousand dollars, whatever. But that day, and I was like, that's how important social media is. That's how important hashtagging and, and being alive and being on the pulse is. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it is, you have to have a presence. You have to be out there like, hey, give me some money. Hey, give me some money. You know? <laughs> yeah. I post it every day on every platform. Uh, I know some people probably got annoyed, but you got to do it. And that's, that's the way I, you know, because, yeah, I, I had one person like, you know, not with this one, but like when what I did when I did what I did uh, the death of Tempo in 2010. They're like, here, I I sent you some money. Hopefully, you can shut up about it now. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know. But like at the same time, like you have to peel that off. Just kind of unpackage that for a little bit, and you have to look at the thing that I'm doing. I'm 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 trying to get this off the ground. This project, this art, whatever passion project, whatever you want to call it. And I want to make this thing for you. I want to make it for everyone so that when we're all dead, this thing's still there. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I'm that I'm sharing that it will entertain. You're going to hate it. You're going to love it. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. Whatever the hell it is, it's going to do something to better the world, change the world, add to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I could just post fight videos and and and, and politics and, and and you know. So like, what what do you want? Because that you know, I'm 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 sharing art and I'm spreading joy and and fun stuff and awesomeness. Yeah, you know. But <laughs> if I post every single day, like, look what the president did today. That that's okay. Like, yeah, you got to pick. How is that annoying that I'm trying to get out of a rut? How is it annoying that I'm trying to share art and make things? Mm-hmm. Like that's insane. <laughs> and it's like if you got a problem, just hide it. Hey, look, donate and then hide me. <laughs> There you you go. That's actually there's options. Yeah, that's not bad. Next time I do a Kickstarter, I'll I'll say that up front. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, look, the the thing ends on whatever date, 
So you have until then to either share and, and support me and be my friend and be a part of it or just hide me and ignore me. And then I'll be back and it'll be back to normal and I'll, and I'll share kitty videos again and it'll all be fine mm-hmm. and we'll just do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> now, the repossession, you raised the money and I'm curious because there's really only uh, three characters in the film. Um, yeah. Was that born out of the budget or was the story first? Uh, the story was first and uh, the, the story, I don't want to, you know, we don't want to give too much away, but basically it's a lost woman in an abandoned place trying to find her way home. And that's all it was. And the other two characters were actually added on later. Um, the, uh, one of the characters was, was written for, uh, for the actor, M- Maria Olson, who, uh, I've, I've never worked before, but I've always wanted to. And she's done so many things. If you look up her IMDb, it's like insane. And I was like, man, if I could somehow put her in, in this movie, oh yes, she could be this role. Awesome. And I offered it to her. She accepted. I'm like, yes, that's awesome. And the other uh, character was, uh, uh, Megan Feely, the actor who, who plays Valerie Whitaker, who's actually playing the same character that she played in the depth of tempo. And that's a little tidbit. Oh. It's kind of like an expanded universe. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like a little hidden thing. Hmm. Uh, and that was added later too, because I was like, man, it would be cool if somebody was here for the main character to talk to about this. And I'm like, well, she could talk to, Ooh, I know I'll add this. And then, so it, it actually just added the, st- the story that I was, that, uh, that I, uh, that all came in later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Michaela, uh, Michaela Myers, who's the main, uh, the main actor, uh, Judy, uh, in the movie, she was, um, I actually met her through the Jim Henson lot and she's been a crazy, amazing actor. I've always admired her. And she, when she came into audition, we actually had auditions. I had like, I think I, I had like 300 submissions for the lead. And then we, uh, I, I boiled it down to like, 50 people that I said, you know, could you send in a self tape? And then 37 self tapes came back in and then 20 were invited to audition. 18 showed up and then Michaela showed up and she just blew it away. Like I was like, okay, like, okay, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and Michaela actually changed the story as well because I had in my head a different, different Judy, a different person. She, I was thinking she was going to have black hair and, and she was going to look a certain way. And that's how I, I kind of drew her in the, in the concept art and the storyboards. And when she came in, she, she changed my mind on it. And then when she was, when we were filming, she changed the way the script was just the way she was moving and the way the pacing and everything. So it like number one stories first, she, this character goes from point A to point B and point C happens. But then you add these little things and then the actors bring in their own little things and then you get that Indiegogo money and then you're able to add that and that. So it does add to it, makes it a little better, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's great. And I got to say, I really like the location of uh, it looks like some kind of abandoned town. How did you find that? Yeah, that was uh, location scouting. I was actually I, originally we were actually going to film it in an abandoned building that was across the street from the church that they used in Kill Bill. Hmm. And that was in uh, in Palmdale, Lancaster area, adjacent. And uh, I went there, talked to them and everything, but it was really, really expensive 
And um, we actually couldn't film on the streets without the California Highway Patrol being present. So that killed the deal and I wasn't able to do it. And that actually had to make me rewrite some scenes of the movie because she was going to do this and this instead of that and that. And then I just kept searching, kept searching. And then through the uh, Santa Clarita Film Commission, uh, we found uh, it's called Burmite Property or Burmite Canyon. And it used to be a, a mining colony, like a real colony with a church and a, and a, and a uh, houses and neighborhoods and school and parking lot and the whole thing. And, you know, explosions and, and deaths and uh, toxic stuff happened and they shut it down and it got abandoned. And then now it's being cleaned by the by the city and the dirt is being cleaned. And then at the same time, they use it for filming locations. Why hmm. not? Uh, and anyone can just rent them and it's good. And, you know, you have to have insurance and you have to have um, permits still and you do have to do all that. But uh, we were able to, to get it for, for the day. And like while while there while we were there, like we, I was able to add another little scene here and another little thing there because, you know, you're 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 in the moment. And so that that location really is like another character for the movie. It really made it even even more crazy for me. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love uh, you know, abandoned, broken down places. It adds so much character to, to anything, photographs, film. Yeah. Um, they, and there was, we had, we had access to that whole entire building that you see in the movie. And there was other buildings that we couldn't go into. And it actually, there's signs there that's like, Hey, uh, uh you know, things have not, what is an unexploded, things are still in here that may still explode. So don't walk in (laughs) and, you know, asbestos building to the left and stuff like that. And just, okay, we'll just stick to the building that that we have. That's good. But yeah, it it had all the character and more. It was amazing. So you got basically the whole town and you, you shot all those scenes in one day. That was all one day. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Everything. Um, And then just the, the other location was just a bar. And, uh, that was a different, that was a different day, mm-hmm. which was in Silmar by at a, at a place called four heart studios. And it's Kevin and Cece who run that place. Amazing people too. They, you can rent them on uh, peer space and they have, uh, they have like the, the bar that we used and they also have like a, a jail and they have a hospital and they have, uh, a, a a courtroom and a, a restaurant and a classroom. They have like all these sets all in one warehouse and you can just rent whatever you want hourly. And that's a really, really cool place to go film some stuff too. If you ever, if you ever want to want to go film some stuff. Yeah, that sounds great. Now they do it hourly, but it's probably what, like a five hour minimum, 10 hour minimum, something. Yeah. Yeah. They do something like that, like a four or five hour minimum. That's great. So you say you're, you're uh, submitting it to festivals now. How's that going? That's going. Yeah. <laughs> is that um, true? I, so it's filmfreeway.com is where you go to film to submit to festivals and you just, you submit your movie there mm-hmm. and then you click submit and then you search. And then if you put your movie in there, it'll tell you which movie, which festivals it goes to, which ones it fits to, like, you know, what genres and the time and everything. Um, it's a 29 minute movie. So it's still a short, anything under 45 minutes basically is a short unless they, mention otherwise like some people want 20 minutes some people want 15 minutes and uh for like uh can film festival for example they want 15 minutes so i actually did cut it in half for them and re-edited the whole movie to just a 15 minute version just submit hmm. just for fun 
that was a whole other exercise too. But, uh, I've, I've just every month just kind of submit and submit and submit. And, um, I haven't, I have basically until October, November of this year to, to keep submitting to festivals. So every month I'm kind of doing as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just curious when you, when you raised the money on Indiegogo, did you have a built in budget for festivals or was that just uh, for production? It was for everything. It was production, paying everyone, um, you know, catering, uh, which my wife did, but we still had to buy food and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it was makeup, the lights, the camera, you know, lights, rentals, everything, and uh, posters and business cards, postcards, and film festival submissions. So, mm-hmm. uh, but still, we when we went over, like, because I'm, I'm still going and I keep going, you know, I went to the American film market. I, I, uh, went to, um, Oh, I saw you uh, at AFM by the way. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a whole other learning experience too, man. Like that, that was part of the, the raising the money too. Cause I wanted to go there with the movie and, mm-hmm. but everything, you know, there's always extra fees and there's always extra things. So, um, I have, I've, I've put in, I think what, maybe another 5,000 of my own money into it. So mm. I think next time, that I do an Indiegogo, I have to like, okay, if it's going to cost 11, I have to raise more than that just for fun. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like definitely got to do what you got to do. Just got to keep on keeping on. Yeah. So, um, you say you're already working on your next, uh, film. Uh, can you talk about that at all? That one is called calamity caper and it's a feature length comedy, uh, about two women that are trying to get from point A to point B and have a calamity along the way on mm. their caper. <laughs> is this your first feature? This is, this is my, okay. So like the death of tempo and the repossession were the big serious money hiring festivals. So this would be my first feature of that because mm-hmm. I have done, you know, feature length, but they've just been like me and my friends just hanging out, making movies and puppets and stuff. So this is my first official big feature, serious business, budget, paying cast and crew movie. Yeah. Cool. Scary. So it's basically just, it's do the same thing you did before just for a longer time mm-hmm. <laughs> and more days. <laughs> That's great. <man. laughs> Super easy. <laughs> and what's your plan with that one? You're going to uh, crowdfund or? I have to crowdfund. You got to yeah. do it. I don't know. That that was a thing with the Indiegogo I did for reposition. I was like, look, I'm trying to raise 10,000. If I raise 5,000, I'm still making the movie. If I if I raise a dollar, I'll I'll get my phone out and I'll still make the movie. It's still going to make it. Mm-hmm. This is just if you guys want to be part of it. The more I make, the better it gets. And that's it. Like same thing. Like I'm going to make this thing. I'll take out my my Rebel T7i and I'll make it myself if I have to. I don't want to. So we'll raise the money so that we can hire the professionals and everyone that knows what they're doing and make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely want to raise money, get people to be be a part of the production, be a part of the, the movie, get their names in there and uh, want to make it. And then here's the, here's the thing that I learned at the film market. Uh, I go to the American film market and I'm like, Hey, I'm looking for distribution. Oh, is the movie finished? Yes, of course. Wow. That's amazing. That's awesome. I'm excited. Let me see it. Oh, it's a short. Ew, get out of here. Mm-hmm. And then you go to festivals and it's like, I have a movie. Is it finished? Yes. That's great. Is it a short? Yes. Give it to me. So I, I and there's, there is also a market for 
for feature length films at the at festivals. But I kind of want to see if I can take the feature length to the American film market and just do everything I did again with a feature length and see what, what, what a difference time would make, you know, because there, I did get a lot of context and a lot of people were saying, look, come back when you have a feature, come back when you have a feature. Um, so that would be a cool, a cool way to do. And another thing would just be cool to just, you know, upload to Amazon again, of course, and also to send to the festivals and either way, I just want to make it and, I just want to see it. Like I want to watch this movie. It's going to be funny as hell and I want to make it. And it's just, it just needs to happen. Yeah, totally. Now, since you, since this is going to be like the first, um, real feature, um, how how are you adjusting budget wise? What, What are you shooting for? Right now I have no idea Hmm. because I, I, I actually, I just decided to make it like, the day, the last day of the film market, which is in November. Mm-hmm. And I, um, while I was there, I actually like listening to the, the, the conferences and stuff. And, uh, people were talking about budgeting and people were talking about this and that. And then I was like, man, I wish I could just take my camera out and just do everything again. And I talked to the film commission cause they have the, the whole film commission little area there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how hard is it to film in LA nowadays, man? He's like, it's super easy. You just come in you do this, you do that. And I'm like, Oh really? He's like, yeah, we just budget everything. We put it all in a pack and just tell me what you want and I'll give you a price. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well maybe I'll get to that then. Then so then I kind of went through my files here. I have a binder of about 78 movie outlines, ideas, paragraphs and completed scripts. Or sometimes just sentences and titles, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, wild fever dreams that come up and I write them down in little post-its and stick them in. And I kind of went through that whole thing and I, and I found the one that I, that I, that called out to me, which was the calamity caper. And I'm like, man, this one would be good. Uh, you know, if I could just actually polish it up, write it, finish it, do the whole thing, go to the film commission, start with that and just kind of start rounding out the budget. Because I also have a lot of friends that have businesses and, and companies and stores that will let me, you know, shoot for free. And, you know, there's lots of stuff that can be done. Like with death of tempo, it has so many shots. It has so many locations. And a lot of that stuff was done barter and trade or just borrowing mm-hmm. just, you know, like we, we filmed at a restaurant in North Hollywood and, uh, I spent a whole day looking for restaurants and everybody wanted, you know, arm, arm and leg and babies for as payment. And I went to this one place and they were like, oh, yeah, just come in and just bring your extras and just pay for food. As long as you pay for food. I'm like, really? That's it? He's like, yeah. I'm like, OK, look, I'll give me a menu. I'll, play, I'll make a, a, a PDF and I'll put it on my website, I'll, you know, so people can go there. Yeah, sure. You don't have to. But OK, awesome. That's great. Like that. So I'm, I'm hoping to maybe try to try to get that going again to get more more people involved that way. So mm-hmm. right now we have no budget because we have no script yet. I'm still writing it. Oh. <laughs> so once well, yeah. So the, once that's solidified, I, I actually I have it on the board. I have it all all outlined on on little index cards on the board. But that's about it. I it's done in my head, but I haven't you know polished it up yet. Mm-hmm. And so when that's done, then I'll actually start going through the the the, the technical of it, the locations and the money and all that. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a, it, it, a fun project. It, it changes your writing too, because if you're, you know, I've, I've written scripts that I'm, that I just have completed and polished and like I send out, you know, to, to places, those are not able to be made without, you know, millions of dollars. Sure. Like I can't travel, I can't travel to Ireland in the 1800s and I can't go to the Spain in the 1950s. So those are scripts that are written and done. 
but this is something that I, I have to write for something that I can make. So it's like, oh, and then they run from here to here and then an explosion happens. Oh, wait, no, that's not going to happen because I can't do it. Okay, they run from here to here and then this happens. Ha ha, that's funny. All right, I can do that. Mm-hmm. So it does change the writing of it. But that's that's where I'm at right now with it. Cool. Well, I look forward to checking it out when it's ready and you, you'll have to uh, come back on the, on the podcast and talk about it. Dude, that'd be amazing. That'd be great. But I, I did want to ask you about the L.A. Guild of Puppeteers. Um, you're, you're officially a guild member. Oh, yeah. Those crazy kooks. So the Puppeteers uh, Guild is basically just like a, a group of puppeteers that kind of take care of each other. So it's not, a, it's not like a union, but it is, um, it's, a, it's a company. It's like a, I think it's a nonprofit. I'm not sure. But um, they have a monthly catalog and they have a quarterly and they have meetings and they also have uh, dinners where everybody gets together and little, little cocktail parties and stuff. And it's a good place to find other people like you find uh, jobs and gigs and post about jobs and gigs and just kind of get help. There's classes that they stay hold and um, you know, you can do a mentoring program. You, you can do all, all kinds of stuff. It's a really nice little community of puppeteers and it's all puppeteers like, you know, marionettes and, and sticks and shadows and hand puppets and rods. Mm-hmm. Um, they post about shows and puppet slams and events and, it's a really if you're a puppeteer, you should definitely be a part of that. That's awesome. Well, Jack, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, I had a I had a great time talking about your career and all the cool things that uh, you're involved with. Um, you want to let the people know uh, where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm uh, for for movies. It's VenturoProductions.com, and that's. Uh, uh, and then for art is jackorama.com. And my personal website, which just has a link to those two things and more, is jackventuro.com. But everything has its own Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook page, everywhere. So it's all it's all very easy to find. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Jack. And best of luck with the repossession and festivals and uh, Calamity Caper. I'm excited. Yeah going to be good man thank you for having me this has been so awesome thank you thank you thank you for this well that's that i hope you enjoyed this episode of the indie film grit podcast feel free to go to our website and check out the show notes indiefilmgrit.com follow us on twitter at indiefilmgrit and if you enjoyed this episode please give us a rating on itunes well i should really wrap this up but before i go let me ask you something Do you have the courage, the passion, and the perseverance to make indie films? Do you have enough indie film grit?